Hey, everybody. Welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Whoa, we're actually starting the show this time. Okay. Hi, this is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Race Decanus. I mean, the important thing is that the hey, everybody came in small and cowardly and just like a teeny tiny mouse. And that's all I want. That's all I want out of life. You want fear from some love from others. <laughs> tiny American flags for others. Yes. <laughs> well, this week we're not talking about G.I. Joe. Oh, who are you people? You didn't even say who you were. Do we have to? Who- I don't even know anymore, man. First yeah. time. It's always every episode is somebody's first time. I cannot express this enough. Then we should ease them into it. We don't want to like brutalize them. I do. I, I want I want to brutalize everyone who listens to this show. Yeah, they brutalize us, Chan. It seems only fair. Look, if they've been here twice, then yes, absolutely they deserve nothing <laughs> but pain. But for the newbies, you know, I I just want them to have a nice time. Oh, that's Listen. sweet. Robert Clark Chan, I can't believe you would say that. What do you think, TV's Gina Ippolito? Gina Ippolito, that's me. Obviously, I think it's great. God damn it. I forgot the question. (laughs) Okay, now you know who the people on the show are because they will not say their own names. (laughs) They'll say other people's names. Mm -hmm. What is happening? This is not going to go well. I think we're all... I'm still sort of angry after watching this, but uh, we'll we'll Shut get there. Now, this was a, a Patreon suggestion of this episode uh, from Michael uh, Albin Solko, I believe. Oh. And it's called Science Court. Oh, that was Science Court, a show I did not know exists, but it is in our wheelhouse as it was out from, what, 97 it's to Sir 2000. Oxford, Ray. Jesus Christ. It's on oh, was the it? calendar invite. You can look at it. Yeah, but I don't read. Going to look now. One of you could vamp while I do that. I, I no, already looked, I want you to I joke. You. Joke, joke, joke. Did you say choke or joke? Should we be making joke. jokes or uh, like asphyxiating ourselves? Jokes about jokes. So as I said, patron Sir uh, Moxford. Moxie, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, Science Court. What is happening? Why? Chan, <laughs> I can tell right now you've been pent up and not able to do comedy for like four or five straight days. I, I had a nice You were coming in here and you were just a full on tanky. I'm expecting you to say, let's give Ukraine to Russia in the next five seconds, to be honest with you. Uh, look, am I a leftist? Sure. Am I a radical leftist? Arguably. Am I a full blown communist? Um, I mean, maybe this Karl Marx beard uh, tipped you off. There it is. It's pretty impressive. There it is, or ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this cartoon show was a it was an educational show, I'm guessing, uh, called Science Court. That was a Disney uh, created product, which uh, uh, a lot of interesting things about this show. I did not know it existed. Did you two know that this was a thing? I, I didn't, but I knew, like, obviously, uh, we all know about Squiggle Vision and do. Dr. Katz. Uh, the do. most famous show that was done in the style was Dr. Katz. Also, Home Movies was Wait, pretty good. There were some others, you, but those were the two that I knew. Dr. Katz is more famous than Home Movies? I think it is, what yes. Are you talking Thank about? you, Ray. No, I'm... Here's the deal. I actually, I actually thought about this as I was watching it. Which one of those two shows is more famous? And the deal was Dr. Katz aired on Comedy Central and yes. then ported over to Adult Swim. And Home Movies was only a late night Cartoon Network Adult Swim show. Yes. Uh, and while I would say I enjoyed Home Movies more, 
I think they're both similar. Uh, and then Brendan Small, who brought us home movies, went on to do Metalocalypse. This is why, I mean, for me personally, I'm like, yeah. well, this is the jumping off point for one of the greatest animated uh, creations of all time. Yeah, I think mo- I think more people probably saw Dr. Katz because that's like something yes. I remember the ads for it. I, when it was on Comedy Central, I remember them like really pushing it hard. I remember that, you know, like it, it moved to a different network, whereas home movies always felt like a cult thing that other comedians knew about, but like not no one in the mainstream knew about. Why do you think that mainstream people are listening to this podcast and not just super comedy nerd dork idiots i would say some of our viewers some of our listeners are mainstream it's nothing to be ashamed of i want to brutalize those people no there are normies in our crowd uh, for sure and here's the deal we're here to welcome in normies Mm -mm. not just not Mm -mm. just like no comedically snippy no sniffy Mm -mm. you know it's there it is i need i need the hipsters i need the people who are super judgy and uh confrontational about it I need the Steve Albini's of the world to come out and uh, listen to this podcast. Jen, don't you get enough of that from the Who Would Win show? Um, I mean, because you seemingly people... don't want it there, based on what you've said. Here's the thing: if mm-hmm. they're there, I don't want them. Mm-hmm. If they're not there, then oh, by I all means bring them. This is part of Chan. If you have, if you haven't read Robert Clark's Chan new book. Uh, the guide Chan. to never being happy. There's um, that's uh, why you probably should check it out. When you talk Robert about our family, you don't say the Clark Chans are here. You say the Clark's Chan are here. <laughs> that's right. Oh, the Clark's Chan of Wimberley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wimberley. Nah, that's the first word. That uh, it was the only head. fancy word that Ray could invent. You know, can I tell you, I I had a really shitty boss once whose name was Wimberley. And um, I uh, uh, I was thinking about that the other day about how much better life is <laughs> now that I'm completely elsewhere. Are you and, sure that uh, you didn't so just confuse fresh. him with a Fraggle? No, that's Wembley. Uh, no, Robert I know Clark that it's James. Wembley. I'm Clark's assuming Chan. that you screwed it up in your head. No, oh, no, that's possible. Jen, you don't want to know what goes on up in here. I do not. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> It is rough. Anyway, Science Court is the name of the show. It does the squiggly vision, which how would you guys describe squiggly? I mean, obviously, if you've seen home movies, you've seen Dr. Katz, you kind of have a vibe. As soon as you see it, you're like, oh, it's that thing. But how would you describe it to somebody who's never seen one of those shows before? It's actually, I looked it up. I looked up the Wikipedia page of how they did it because I was curious. Uh, and it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting like because it was invented by this one animation studio uh and it like it makes like the it basically makes the outlines of characters and everything on on screen wiggle uh and it was specifically created because it it basically looks like there's movement on screen, but there's not. So in a normal cartoon, you might have like, you want characters moving around because otherwise it feels static in this, even when it is static, the outline, the lines that are outlining the face and the nose are moving, are squiggling. So it looks like there's motion even when there's not. So it's relatively cheap to produce relatively quick to produce. uh, And it's just constant, 
constant squiggling of the black lines around everything yeah. in a cartoon. And I would I would add one more thing to what you just said is that there is nothing moving on screen. Generally speaking, there is minimal movement at any given time. And all three of the shows we mentioned, Science Court, Dr. Katz, and Home Movies, uh, they're basically, let's let a bunch of comedians just sort of improvise their way through scenes, and then the words will sell the show, the characters will sell the show, the animation will never sell the show, so let's just do the absolute bare minimum possible to not look horribly static. It is yeah. one step above Clutch Cargo. I'm going to be honest. I was a big Dr. Katz fan. I, I, even though like, you know, I was seemingly, I don't know. I'm not sure who the audience was for a shoddily animated and drawn cartoon about a therapist. Gina, probably, the three of us. probably wasn't a 17 year old girl. No, it's <laughs> what, it no, it absolutely. All the comedy people. Yeah. It was on comedy central, uh, which sort of like gained prominence by, just showing like a bunch of really cheap stand-up, you know, footage that was just, you know, uh, studios had in their vaults and stuff. Uh, and so, you know, you develop this um, cadre of com of stand-up fans who then basically get to see uh, reasonably famous comedians do their uh, material in another context. Because like the the comedian would lay down on the, you know sofa or whatever and dr cats would be like so tell me and it was like well you know my mother blah 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 uh -huh, uh, and uh -huh. they just like do their their stuff which was yeah. a really cool idea i love the concept of it and i always wish that they would bring it back in some way just so we could like you know just have like comedians just giving us new material yeah and it's not like this stuff's expensive to make you know i mean i remember I mean, dr cats came out in 95 this came out in 97 so there's your timeline home movies was in the uh, early aughts i believe um, and I, I remember Emo Phillips being on Dr. Katz, uh, and being a, a fan of his, you know, obviously, uh, and still am for that matter. <laughs> Surprise. Um, <laughs> having him be on the show to me was like a really big, it like legitimized the entire operation <laughs> for, for me personally. Yeah. And he was hilarious on it and he was just doing his bits yeah. and those bits are great. And those bits, uh, uh, transferred very well to the format of Dr. Katz. I'll say that. I'm also a fan of, um, the medium dictating the content um the fact that it was sort of tailor-made for just talking meant that it was all about the writing or the performing you know uh the you know the uh, interaction of the the people that yeah almost certainly did have a strong element of improvisation to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like, so I, what Ray chatted our, this is a look at how the sausage is made. Ray chatted our group chat and said, what the fuck is this cartoon? And I was expecting <laughs> it to be really bad and I hadn't watched it yet. And so I immediately started watching thinking it was going to be awful. I saw right away. I said, Oh, this is, this is the Dr. Katz people. I looked at the Wikipedia page and then I saw nothing but stand up names. There's, there's, Paula Poundstone is one of the yep. voices. H. John Benjamin, Fred Classic. Stoller, uh, uh, and and while this cartoon is clearly made for very young kids because it's and it is educational, it's I still found I still found it entertaining and funny, as uh, entertaining and funny as you can find something that's 
like educational yeah. for like eight year olds basically this is this is the type of show they would wheel in because the teacher's sick and you got a sub and so they would just play into your science class they would play what ep- an episode of science court and no one would pay attention to it because it's just a bunch of squiggling lines talking to each other over okay. and over again with There's no action two it's- kinds of people in the world Ay. they're the kind of people who were uh uh like fucking around when the teacher put on uh, the Disney Math Magic episode, and then there are the people who focused and were into it and learned how to do like pool moves because Donald Duck was showing them. <laughs> and you are clearly uh, the former group, and I would have had nothing to do with you if I knew you in high school. Can I? Can I tell you? I'm sorry. High school. To do with this now. was not being shown in high school. <laughs> or no, not in high school. Any school, any level of school. Um, let me tell you, uh, Donald Duck in Mathematic Land. I love. I love it. I love it. I love it. I would watch it at home. Uh, it was incredible. And the second they wielded it out for school purposes, I was checked out and did not want to see it. That's the kind of person I am. Uh, I I consistently had talks too much in class on my report cards <laughs> until I was about 18 years old. So I was the one who was trying to talk through movies. And remember, notice how Gina said she had that on her report card until she was 18 years old, trying to imply that at that point she got her stuff together and stopped (laughs) talking in class when the reality is she just stopped getting report cards. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I used to get that in my report cards till a traumatic event in the fifth grade. And then all of a sudden I turned into the monster that you see before you. Wait, Uh. what happened in the fifth grade? So how dramatic uh, are we talking? Is this you need to talk about it with your therapist or perfect fod, p- perfect podcast fodder like pooping the bed at night? Kind of in the middle. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I, it depends. Here's the thing. My notes for the show are painfully thin. So if if we want to pad this thing out, sure, Me I'll too. talk about my childhood no, issues. No, well, no, you know what? Let's no save reason for, for a that. Special. Um, well, uh, are we going to bring back Know Your Joe? What, what are we going to do? <laughs> We're going to bring back Know Your Chan. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, let's talk about the episode itself, because my first my first note is, oh, it's just like home movies. Great. Yeah. Second is, uh, hey, this is very unpleasant animation. It is not fun to look at. I, wow. It's Hard not fun to look at. Uh, as soon as I saw this, when uh, um, uh, Mox brought it up, I was like, all right, I'll take a poke, poke at this. And, and I looked, I was like, <gasps> This is Squiggle Vision? What? And then I looked yeah. it up because I was like, I didn't even know that this existed. Because, yeah, I, I love Squiggle Vision. Uh, and I was like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to do this um, uh, cartoon. I'm so into it. And, well, um, yeah, I don't what know. I, what I liked about home movies is I think I was typically drunk when I watched it. Oh, and I didn't need the Squiggle Vision. The lines were already moving. Oh, <sighs> it was in Squiggle Vision, first of all, home movies. Also, yeah, I disagree. I like here's the thing. After the amount of cartoons we've done on this show that are so by the books and so I like the fact that this animation style is grotesque. Like they, mm-hmm. the scene where they show people in the jury, I paused oh, it to look at every <laughs> fucking freak in there because in a normal commercial, it would be the same character design with just slight changes, right? Like that's mm-hmm. sort of the GI Joe method. You use basically the same skin, but you change the 
change the skin tone slightly or you change the hair slightly, the video game method of like picking a skin. And then in this, in, in this cartoon, everyone in the audience is a fucking different kind of freak. Mm. And I, I am into it. It's very, it's very strange. And anything that takes a big swing, especially in kids animation, anything that isn't like, Oh, it's going to all be cute. It's going to all be the same. It's going to all be homogenous. I'm into. You know, I, I, as I, as uh, a parent, uh, I watch so many just garbage. And they're, they're not even necessarily like bad animation, I guess. I mean, like technically they, you know, they move around and they do things, but they just look so bland. And, you know, so, yeah, like when I see there's a fucking human sized flame in the jury box like <laughs> just a flame with eyes no explanation we're not going to talk about it just one of the jury members <laughs> happens to be made of fire like that's awesome all right that is pretty good i'm not gonna yeah. lie that's, that's yeah good. Uh, taking um, big swings and i i appreciate it also like yeah I, kids need to kids especially like kids need to watch more weird shit I feel like no. the, the 80s was like there were a lot of weird kids movies but a lot of the cartoons were very homogenous and then going into the 90s it became sort of more homogenous and then late 90s they were like what if we start getting weird Mm -hmm. i mean you're absolutely right uh the 90s were very homogenous uh the aughts started getting weirder late 90s started getting weirder uh the 70s and 80s were height of weird though yeah um, I, I would argue today it's a it is still i think it's gone back to being a little bit more homogenous not that there yeah. are examples uh, of clear examples out there of no real, i think it's the, it's, it's the fact that i mean i can tell you from the inside what's going on it's the Ooh. fact that more and more networks are doing away with what's called the kids and family Yep. umbrella and a lot of the shows nowadays are are under the disney umbrella and they they choose not to really do weird because yeah. they want it to be watched by the highest number of the lowest common denominator at all times so yeah. whereas there used to be sort of many different networks and and things like that trying this it's it's you know monopolies baby yeah disney mm. animation uh, does not take a lot of risks these days except when you consider the fact that they have <laughs> oh shoot that's not disney is it I was about to say uh, when they have Elmo, Abby, and Cookie Monster as robots who solve crimes. <laughs> yeah, but that's that is... not Disney. So here's yeah. the deal. Good. Apparently, Zaslov got to give him some credit where it's due. I guess I doubt we do. No, I'm pretty do sure that was that, that was not. before his reign. That was before. Yeah, we uh, never I, allow that. He's one of the people that's hacking away at kids and family right now. Oh yeah. Jesus! Yeah, he is. What a what a jerko. Um. So one of the problems I had with one of the problems I had with this show is they just repeat themselves a lot. They kind of just right. go in circles. You can tune out for two or three minutes and come back. That's and how I kids show, TV works. That's how I kids wanna, learning TV works. You need no, to repeat I, it because otherwise you get people who grow up into rays. I want kids uh, educational television to lose me. I want to not understand what's happening. I was able to very often, in fact, tune out tune back in and realize literally I've missed nothing at all. And the animation is so boring. I'll say it that I was just bored to tears by this show. I checked the timer. 
I do this a lot during episodes where the show isn't cooking me. And I find the moment where the show is just like, are we done yet? And I press the button and I was two minutes and 32 seconds into this show. And I was already ready to jettison myself. I did not want any part of it. I'll say this. Uh, as the show started, I was kind of in the same boat. I was like, okay, well, this is taking a while. And then um, they finally got to Science Court, which I kind of thought would like start right away. Um, but at five minutes and 50 seconds in, so, you know, like um, uh, almost a third of the way through before they get to the meat of it, everything else before then was set up. I was like, all preamble. damn, this is slow, but... The moment I heard Paula Poundstone's voice, I was like, boom, dialed yep. in. Mm-hmm. Okay, you like, know what? I, okay. I also I also very much recognize, I'll say it too, I recognize Paula Poundstone's voice immediately. I'm a big fan of her stand-up from back in the day. Oh, so um, much. Uh, yeah. Great stand-up, great talent. Um, and also, so when I heard her, I, 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 I bought back in a little bit. I, that is true. That is a true statement. Yeah. I will say, you know, the, the, when we get to the courtroom scene, the stenographer whose name is stenographer Fred is Ooh. Fred Stoller, who, if you're a, if you're a fan of Seinfeld, he played a character on that show named Fred who could not remember who Elaine was. And she ends up going on a very boring date with him because she's kind of into the fact that he can't remember her. <laughs> and I just love the fact that in Seinfeld, he was Fred. He's all, he's a standup. He's a, he's a very Jewish New York standup. Like that's his thing. That's always the characters he plays and they are always named fred they always (laughs) just have his first name and i and here again in this cartoon they name him stenographer fred and i just like the fact that i think what happens with this dude is his friends are like hey i i sold a tv show and he's like can i be on it and they're like yeah sure what kind of character do you want to play and he's like exactly myself and someone named Fred. And they're like, yeah, all right. You just want to come on and like sort of do your stand-up? And he's like, yes, I am not a good actor. I just want to play myself and I'll nail it. That's yeah. the fucking dream. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. And I looked him up because I was like, I specifically know him from this one episode of Seinfeld, but I know he's been in other, other stuff. He's also in Everybody Loves Raymond. That's he's, also, thing, yeah. he's also Fred the Squirrel. In the Penguins of Madagascar, uh, uh, you guys. So- here, here's the deal, Gina. Let me let me cut you off before you cut me before you say it before I can. Because apparently he was in a horror comedy movie called Blood Lake: Attack of the Killer Lampreys <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> this cast: Shannon Doherty, Christopher Lloyd, a few people I don't fully recognize, but I bet work a lot, and Fred Bleepin Stoller. I and it's on Tubi for free right now. Yes, I will be checking this out before the next time we record. I also like it. Also said he wrote two episodes of Seinfeld, which is just like, who is this guy? I think he's just in the New York stand-up scene, and whenever he needs a job, his friends give him jobs, and that's kind of cool. You know what? I, I do remember uh, in the early Comedy Central, he was all over Comedy Central. I believe. He hosted a show on there. His stand-up was always on early Comedy Central. Like, he was, you know, I knew of him a lot from kind of that era because he was just always on television. Yeah, I love, once they make it to court, and I was like, hell yeah, Paula Poundstone, the guy who played Fred in that one episode of Seinfeld, I don't care what they're talking about. I'm on board because I bet it's going to be weird and funny. Uh, that, uh, That was the point, too, where I just sort of, um, clicked into the speed of the whole thing 
because it does. I mean, honestly, uh, I didn't know it was Disney. I thought it was a PBS show, which has often sort of that same sort of rhythm. I was uh-huh, like, uh-huh. you know what? We don't have to like go banging around at a thousand miles an hour. We're just going to be chill. We're going to Bob Ross this shit. And we're just going to, you know, uh-huh. just teach you some stuff, yeah. man. Just kick back. You're going to learn now. Mm, doesn't that feel yeah, nice? I, uh, I need a certain pace these days. You need to um, drink okay. fewer so, Pepsi Maxes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you do. Well, I mean, that's just good life advice. I'll be asleep if I do that. Um, so here's it. Here's the preamble. Here's here's what we're filling in. There's a movie star played by a very subdued H. John Benjamin, uh, whose voice oh took me God. a sec to pull together. I didn't yes. even realize it. Oh, Made yeah. The entire thing didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, looking for him because I'm like, Squiggle Vision. Obviously, he's got to be here somewhere. Wait, he's yeah. not the... No, H. John Benjamin isn't the movie star. I believe that he is. No, I can look he up is the not. thing. Um, but I, he, I, he sure, it sure hit me like he was. I'm, I'll look it up. But in the meantime, uh, he, he's conducting, he's, he's big in this small town. He's cr- invented a plaque of himself and invited everyone to celebrate himself, which is sort of funny. Uh, he says, uh, I want everyone to see this plaque, turn on the lights, turn on all the lights. Everyone complains it's super hot in this theater. It's, it's so not, hot. I'm just, I just, I'm pausing to tell you you're wrong. Bill Broadus. Who does is, the voice is, of the Bill guy? Bill Broadus. H. John Benjamin was prof- the professor. I, I think I just the thought professor. he played a bunch of roles in there. No, okay. no. Well, Bill Broadus is, is the one who plays the movie star. Well, there you thank go. Thank you. And Bill Broadus, of course, the world famous Bill Broadus. Uh, how could I forget? Frequently he's also, mistaken he's also, for H. John he's also Benjamin. A stand, he's, he's mainly known as a stand-up. He used to do... He used to have a lot of late night show appearances. So he's also a, a stand up. Yeah. Uh, and he he also he appears in all the soup to nuts programs. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, he was. He he's was got a good voice in Dr. Katz. He played Dr. Myers. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote for all those shows. So, yeah. But because I was also listening for H. John Benjamin and didn't so hear funny. him until the courtroom scene. Uh, I definitely recognize him as the doctor. I really thought it was him doing the other thing. Well, mm-hmm. here's the deal, everybody. You found it. Ray got one wrong. Mm, lots of lots of one one. Play wrong. play the you music. Said it, you said it with such authority, without even bothering to look it up. You said, and this is H. John Benjamin. Gina. And then you moved along. That is that is some peak white guy shit yeah, right there. I'm a, I'm a tall white guy. What do you think? I'm going to say things without authority. Uh, that's what we're here for. To yeah. uh, as soon as we hear that tone, you're like, ah, nah, 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 nah. hold on. My favorite is when I because when I do that, I often do not know if I'm actually correct. What I love is when y'all look me up and it turns out I am right. That one out of every five times, that's what I live for. One out of every forty-eight times, I say five. You know, it's very much clearly closer to five. <laughs> just, See, just I'm doing it again. Here. How about that? Anyway, uh, all the lights are on. It's very, very hot. And the plaque falls out of the frame and it lands on the movie star, which takes us to science court because a lawyer shows up and says, we're suing science court. Uh, I do just want to like take a moment to just like soak up some of the amazing names in this episode, like J.C. Cramwood, like one of the characters is named Mrs. Kremple. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is, but just crimple just sounds like a, a great word. 
Dr. Uh, Dr. Fullergast. Oh, I was going to say Dr. Yeah. Fullergast. <laughs> also, like, uh, one of Dr. the characters Fullergast. has the voice of a child, and it's never addressed, and it's yep. so weirdly cool. Yep, that's that- Dr. Bean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they said Dr. Bean, and then he comes up, and he's like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, is that a child who's also a doctor, or is it just a doctor who sounds like a child? Because I'm on board either way. I think it's a child <laughs> expert. I'm into it. Yeah. I liked it. Oh, were there any other names, Chan, before I cut you off again? Uh, no, no. This is, uh, you can just go through and, and all of the names are fantastic. It's great. No, obviously comedy people are, are behind all of this because there's a lot of little touches that you could just, if you know, you know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what I like about this is that like, you know, I feel like the, the people making the show, like, look, you're not going to turn down money. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, some people might not consider an educational kids show, sort of their dream writing job. I'm sure there are a lot that do, but these people had fun with it. These mostly like East coast stand up comics were like, Hey, we're going to do an educational kids show. So wherever we can, let's make it weird. Oh, also here's the thing. Like the production company was Tom Snyder's company and invented squiggle vision. He's just like, uh, wait a minute. Are we talking about the same Tom Snyder? I don't believe that we are. Maybe uh, we are. Hey, you know Tom what? Snyder, nope. what are you, you are- doing? <laughs> that guy, right? We're, we're all talking that about guy. that guy. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of the late night host, Tom Snyder. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly, he's, you know, like uh, uh, branching out. He's doing some stuff for the community. Uh, nope. It's just a guy, an animator who has a very common name. <laughs> this is what's also what's really wild to me is that Tom Snyder is, is seemingly still alive. Yeah, he's very, very old and has been around for a long time. He was he was almost 50. Well, 45. He was basically, you know, uh, the age of a podcast host when mm-hmm. he first got a squiggle vision show on television near as I could tell. Right. Which is crazy to me that he has this thing. And it took him until he was like 45, 46 years old to finally like land it. Ray, I've got some information for you on the average age of people who sell shows in Hollywood. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, the problem, the thing is, they've sold a lot of shows before that age, haven't they? <laughs> Ray, no, they have not. Oh, snap. The people on screen are very young and vital. Ah, the people gotcha. making the show. Are very young guy. and vital. I've seen a lot of shows about Old TV writers, shit. and they all seem very young, vibrant. There is not a television ball. writer that isn't a wizened old crone. Well, that's fair. Now I'm sad. How you doing? Anyway, dude? cutting to Sonia Sondheim, who is the artist who created the plaque. She's being sued for a faulty uh, plaque. She put the wrong size plaque in the uh, frame, and if found guilty, she has to create a 200 foot life size statue of uh, Mr. Cramwood as her punishment. I, I um, really like the way that they, that she says, I need to, I need to create a life-size statue, 200 feet, which is not life-size. And I just, the line delivery is so dry. And it's something that like, a, a, you know, like a kid wouldn't know if you said life-size 200 foot statue, no kid is going to be like, well, that's not life-size. And I just love that they keep it in. <laughs> if found guilty, you will make a life-size statue of J.C. Cramwood that is 200 feet high. That's not (laughs) (laughs) life-size. That's funny. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I like it. That's a good good read. That's a good, that's a talented performer right there is what that is. Um, I had just wrote here very early on before we even get there. I'm like, yeah, it was hot. 
it popped out. That's what happens. <laughs> uh, I'm smarter okay. than this show. Nope, nope. I don't like that because I feel like you're not talking about uh, materials like metal and wood. You're just like, whew, it's hot out here. I'm going to pull my dick out. <laughs> oh, much better. Yeah, that's how it works. Unless there's sunlight, in which case you want to be very careful about that. And speak for yourself, white man. I mean, I'm the whitest. What are we talking about? But I also recognize that when it's very, very hot out, often my doors get like stuck in the jams because it's hot and they expand and it's not good. So, uh, more often, like that's a real, uh, that, that's a humidity issue, not so much uh, as much. So you so you whip it out mm-hmm. and you, you, you pry the door open and you just pop your dick in there. Yeah, and just pop it right open. Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Strawberry shortcake, and it's too sweet. Their pretend kisses make kissing a treat. Each sold separately. Baby strawberry shortcake, give your mommy a kiss. I love you, baby orange blossom. When you squeeze their tummies, they blow sweet-scented make-believe kisses. Delicious baby angel cake. Time to get ready for your nap. Don't you just love them to pieces? <laughs> baby strawberry shortcake and baby orange blossom and baby angel cake each sold separately. Now back to G.I. Joe. Let's go to Science Court, everybody. They lay out they lay out the case. Uh, and then they ask the, I did I I'm assuming there are commercial breaks or station breaks or something. Because they often say, let's talk to uh, the kids in the classroom or let's ask the other scientists, what do they think of these ideas? And then they would do that and then immediately just cut back to the show. I have to imagine when watching this in class, you pause the show, you have a conversation, and then you go back to it, which we did not have the pleasure of doing while watching this today. But uh, they asked the question, uh, are, are things made of particles or are they solid mass? Which, like, this, even I know this. Like, come on, kids. If Ray knows it, you should probably know it. One would hope. Yeah. Uh, and this is what it also goes to is Dr. Bean. I just wrote here a kid doctor. I love it. I love the idea of this kid. This is like that landlord sketch from Will Ferrell. <laughs> if we all, if you haven't seen the landlord Will Ferrell sketch, it's a little old. This is old internet stuff. Go check that out. It's fun. Uh, it's, it's a landlord asking for the rent money and being a hard ass about it, except it's played by like a five-year-old girl. Well, the heat from the lights caused the particles that make up the plaque. Objection. Uh, yeah. Well, Mr. Uh, Dr. Bean, it's cute. I like that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this character. We learned a science lesson about atoms here and about how everything is composed of atoms. I, and, uh, I really like the lawyer. You know, it's slightly it's slightly different than the trope of like the lawyer that doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he sort of doesn't know what he's doing, but he just. <laughs> yeah, I just like this character because it's slightly different. It feels like a character you'd see in a sketch. Uh, he, he keeps objecting, even though sometimes he's not really sure what he's objecting about. He, and then, like, it sort of devolves into this, like, uh, well, if the jury didn't hear what you just said, then maybe my client will be found innocent, which is that was fun, a fun, fun. Bit. I love it. He goes, I object to all four of those things because it looks bad for my case if the jury hears them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was I, very I, fun. I enjoy this. I enjoy, I, yeah, I like, because, like, it is a sort of how do you make a 
science lesson about heating metal and particles fun. And this lawyer is trying everything he can. And when he can't try anything any further, he just devolves into, well, I would like the jury not to listen to this next part. <laughs> yeah, I know that was a good bit. I, I will. I will give it credit for that. Um, uh, they say, let's have a demonstration of what happens when you heat up metal. So let's take it to a smaller room that will not take as long to heat up. So let's go to the judge's chambers. So we're going to take everybody in this large courtroom and shove them into the judge's chambers and make the room very, very hot. And this is where I just wrote, this is the show is very boring. <laughs> this is a very boring show. Now, I will say the second half was at least more interesting than the first half, but this is not my cup of tea. I would well, not, this is I was not happy watching this. Basically law and order. It's like a courtroom yeah. drama. I love law and order, though. This you is... give me iced tea in a courtroom any day and I'm happy. Uh, well, Ice-T is usually not in the courtroom. He's a cop in the Law & Order series, which clearly hey, you've never seen. Relax. Uh, Ice-T is great anywhere. You. It's a refreshing you. drink that... <laughs> can... Stop it. Gina, I will have you know, I've watched hundreds of episodes of Law & Order SVU, and my favorite part is when Ice-T, because he doesn't ever testify in court, or very rarely, I like it when he's sitting in the courtroom <laughs> and things happen on the stand he doesn't like. And then you'll cut to ice tea and his eyes will get all big and he'll start like staring around like, oh, that is a highlight of any SVU episode. Okay. Big fan. And if you haven't seen John Mulaney's uh, bit about ice tea on SVU, his stand-up comedy on it, YouTube that too. Make some notes, everybody. I'm giving you homework. We've all seen the John Mulaney line. I guarantee the normies in this audience, and rest assured, yes, it's a lot of comedy fans, but there are normies out there too, are not aware of what I'm talking about and need it in their lives. You're welcome. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So they do the demonstration and the the metal, like the burn, I don't remember. Something happens that shows a reaction. So they go back to the courtroom and I am thoroughly bored. Um, Watching a bunch of poorly animated characters complain about how hot it is for two straight minutes. Just not my <laughs> cup of tea when none of them are moving. Excuse me. They're squiggling, but they're not moving. Whew. So you hate South Park, too? Because they don't you know what? move a bunch. I think South Park, I'll say this right now, controversial statement. South Park has been a net negative on the world. Ugh, I think the show got very listening. lazy. You need to stop listening to people on the up. internet. No, I, I've, it's something I felt a long time ago. And then like it took 10 years and the internet caught up to where I was at. That's where I'm at. I remember the first few seasons, a lot of fun, but the, the nihilistic way that they both sides, everything to me gets very boring. And honestly, uh, it, it leads to a, a worse world. And I'm not a fan of that. I think, I think the show doesn't have to necessarily be a net positive, but I think when you actively encourage people uh, to think that, uh, caring about your ultimate survival isn't cool. I think you get a bunch of nihilists out there or pretend nihilists who make a worse place for all of us and exacerbate climate change because caring about climate change isn't cool. I don't know if you've ever been to high school, but it is basically 100% nihilists. I also I stopped listening to you a while ago. Disagree. I was politically active when I was uh, in high school. Oh, God, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine. High school and college was like height of like Ray shaking hands with presidents and going to rallies and making signs and going to UAW halls to see uh, uh, Al Gore speak in the year 2000. 
Oh, I did all the things. I did all the things. High school is a time when you should care about things because as soon as you get out in the real world and the deadness hits your insides, that's when you're supposed to stop caring about things. If you stop caring about things when you're 13, then everything's going to poop. All right. That's just, you know what? That's more than I was expecting to get out of this. So thank you, Chan. <laughs> Let's do it. Dr. Fullergast does a uh, is is a is a witness and not doctor full of gas which honestly made me laugh i'll say it i did laugh Very at funny. that because i'm five years old uh, uh if the frame and the plaque are both being heated they would both expand which is the question that the the silly lawyer uh, and for the prosecution is arguing and he says okay stop talking but then they bring out professor parsons who says yes they do expand but at different rates so therefore the frame would not expand to the same rate as the plaque would. You see where we're going? Uh, hold on a sec. Professor, let's start at the beginning. What do you want to know? That what do you want to know is H. John Benjamin, but they pitched his voice up much higher. So that's why I don't think any of us recognized it at the Mm. time. Oh, okay. Okay. I like that. Um... Uh, at this point, I'm like, the show's got to be over, right? I look and there's like six more minutes to go. Like, we've proven the point. We're done here. Except that silly lawyer has one more trick up his sleeve. And this is where he gets very fun. And I would say this is my favorite part of the episode. He says, Sonia Sondheim, isn't it true that you dropped the plaque on his head by intentionally doing shoddy work because you are in love with him? And your love was unrequited. And she's like, no, no, none of that is true. He says, well, I went to your flat and I found a bunch of pictures of him on your wall. And I did like her, her reply to that, which is, she says, do you remember that? And she's, do you have that sound drop, Chan? Because it's a great line read again. You have pictures of Cramwood on your wall because you're in love with him. And I figure when Cramwood didn't respond to your advances, you vowed revenge, which came in the form of a brass plaque falling on top of his head in front of hundreds of fans eating cheese and crackers. Isn't that right? No, that's not right. Nailed it. No, but explain. The the next line was my favorite part. I have pictures of him on my wall because I was carving his face into the brass plaque. I needed to know what the guy looked like. Where was the part where she says, uh... But then when you saw a couple of pictures of Cramwood on my wall, you went skipping out the door singing, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. That made me laugh. I was, I, <laughs> I thought that was very fun. That was pretty good. I like that. Honestly, this entire closing arguments thing was my favorite part of the whole episode. I'm sad they sandbagged it for like 19 minutes uh, before getting to the part that was honestly like there were, la- I actually did laugh a little bit before that, which uh, to be fair, as much as I found this show pretty boring and not interesting to look at, it made me laugh more than most cartoon shows. This is in the top 10% of cartoons as far as evoking actual laughs from me. So maybe I should be giving it more credit than I, I am. I'm saying. The jury has reached a verdict. Jury, do you have a verdict? We do, Your Honor. Okay, let's hear it. We, the d- defendant, find the jury. What? I mean, the jury... We the jury find the jury. Oh, wait. Hold it. It's we the jury. Right. We the jury. We 
be the jury. Find the defendant. Find the defendant. Guilty or not guilty. Guilty or not guilty. No, you tell me guilty or not guilty. Guilty or not guilty. No, pick one. Oh, we find Sonia Sondheim not guilty of making a bad plaque. Very. It's a good I, bit. I think that might be Benjamin again. You think that's H. John Benjamin again? With the pitch gone way up. Maybe. Oh, well, I like how Gina looks it up when I say it. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's a thing called IMDb. You can all look it up. I mean, IMDb doesn't show uh, the information for this episode. That, that's strange. Because nobody cares. Wait that's a minute. strange. If IMDb doesn't show this episode, how did Gina prove me wrong earlier? Because no, they the, show it, because- but they... Yeah. They only list the cast for like five episodes. And this just happened to be one of them? No, uh, you were talking about a main character on the show. The actor character is a main oof. character on the show. So, of course, yeah. the Wikipedia page has who voiced him. This conversation is harder to follow than Apple TV's The Foundation. <sighs> I do appreciate that you keep coming up with new shows that you have no uh, comprehension of to replace every once in a while. Just keep the it thing fresh. Is, if I can't follow it, it's bad storytelling. That mm-hmm. is not true. That is. is the most accurate. And that thing is I've that is said. actually one like one of the more infuriating things about writing for network TV is that they make you spell everything out because there might be some idiot watching who doesn't get it. And, and that's one of the best things about streaming is that they don't make you pander to idiots. So what, what I'm happens? Hearing they put is- shows out there that Ray can't follow. Great job, streamers. I wish every show was a Ray that it was a we- I, was a show that Ray can't follow. We need to make sure that everybody knows that Gina is very much in favor of Netflix and whatever it is that they want to do with contracts. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Gina is just a hardcore, dyed-in-the-wool Netflix stand. <laughs> you don't know this. Gina's been out. If you've been following Gina's social media, she's been out on the picket lines for WGA like every single day for like a very long time. But what she doesn't show you is she's there on the side of the streamers. She's got mm-hmm. signs up saying, just sign the deal. Just give them Ukraine. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what they say. And and it's crazy to me. It is crazy to me that nobody talks about the fact that Gina is a class traitor to all the writers in favor of the streamers. Why did they let her walk around with that? I don't know. I'm it's just wondering true. why she was telling uh, the WGA to give them Ukraine. Well, I don't think it, the WGA it, it, at this point, give them Ukraine has become a euphemism for just give up and, and allow them to do whatever they want. I see. Okay. It's well, a real that, give them Ukraine situation, right? It, 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 it holds up. If you don't think about it. I won't. And uh, then there's a song. Did we, uh, did we, did we talk about the song? Uh, we didn't. Um, can we, can we play a little bit of the song? Cause this is not a show that needs a song. Well, I mean, honestly, the fact that there is no music during the kind of all the rest of it, often generally there's like a score or something going on in the background. And there's no incidental music. I I thought, I mean, I remember Dr. Cats at home movies. I remember had incidental music. There's none here. I I didn't notice. Uh, But like, yeah, this is like, you should have a song in a kid's educational show. You gotta like help them memories. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like when she says, are you ready for your closing number? I mean, arguments. Solid things seem solid, but look closer and they're not. The particles inside are moving, especially when it's hot. And so on and so forth. No, I did not care for this. I, I mean, wrote here the song. No. It's not a great song, but like it's not there to it's not supposed to be a banger. It, listen, I, I at least try to make a banger. At least try to do something interesting. That's my biggest problem with this show. When they're getting it right, it's fun and it keeps my attention. When they are just farting around and they're not finding it, it is it is level one improv uh, friends uh, show for 90 minutes. Uh, that That's the feeling I get when this show is fumbling. It's not it is not fun. Well, agree to take that level one. Mm. (laughs) That'll teach you to try new things. Nobody's supporting you on this one, Ray. Mm-mm. It's just dead Listen, silence. Just I like... have some very unpopular thoughts on improv as a viewable <laughs> art form that I will keep to myself because obviously I'm getting no support for it here. <laughs> when I'm on Rogan, that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Could you imagine if I went on the Joe Rogan experience? I can actually imagine I that. know. I, I could too. Um. The problem is I just call him dumb. I just make fun of him for being dumb. And then I'd never be asked back because he tried to fight me. I feel like if he tried to fight you, he would. And you would lose. Be murdered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, he's tiny. I mean, look, I do have the height advantage on him. So my only chance would be to grapple and just try to fall to the ground and hope other people break it up. The fact because, that you well, are this deluded is truly insane. Fortunately, oh, he's a puncher. What are you talking? Oh no, Joe he is Rogan. an MMA guy, isn't he? Oh no, yes. I'd be in trouble. No, I'd be in trouble. You're right. He he's not a puncher. Famously, an MMA guy, <laughs> and has been for literally since he was uh, on news radio in the '90s. Yeah, you're it's exactly like his right. His whole I, thing, why dudes are like, "Yo, that bro is more fit than you, bro." No, and I mean to be fair, he's he's a tubby. He's. He's he's a little tubby guy, but uh, you know he's he's done so many uh, substances. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, performance enhancers that uh, he still has plenty of muscle left over. Um, I don't know how, he, but he, I think that this interaction is somehow going to lead to more weirdos listening to this podcast and then messaging me. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. I love <laughs> they're not messaging me; they're only yeah. messaging Gina. Yep, I 100. Ray's like Joe Rogan's a piece of shit, and they're like. Hey, who's that girl? What's yep. she talking shit about Joe Rogan? No, nah, I mean, to be fair, happen. I didn't say he was a piece of shit. He is. But like, I just said he was dumb, which he is. <laughs> well, cool. Gina, it, I can't Gina. believe you just said that. Feel, oh, free to, feel free to send any messages to my. Uh, I was I was trying to think of any social media app I'm not on, but I'm currently on all of them. Uh, to be fair, though, you're never going to use Blue Sky again. So just uh, send it to Blue Sky. Oh. Find her on there. Send it. Guys, threads isn't bad. I, maybe that's I, an Blue uncool Sky thing to and say. threads are exactly the same. Y- <laughs> no. Um. Because I'm on threads. Oh, so that's why you don't like Blue Sky, because you haven't gotten an invite yet. 
Yeah, the fact I need an invite, uh, I shouldn't need an invite. Look, I'm TV's Almighty Ray, and I think I should already be. A, I should be one of the first ten people on any site, basically. Well, I'm on mm. Blue Sky, so yeah. It took this long. Obviously, something's not working. But yeah, Blue Sky. I don't know. I I, I got I, I, Threads seems like the one that's actually going to get used. Um, when I mean, Twitter I, I posted one down. thing on Blue Sky today, and it already has ten likes and a comment, uh, which is not not bad for a brand new app that I've been on for a matter of hours. That is a true statement. I would say that your threads posts get like 30 likes though. And I'm insanely jealous every time I see it. I have I get nothing. I haven't logged into threads in, in weeks. Let me see what's going on over there. Oh yeah, I do have, I'm doing some good numbers. Yeah. Uh, maybe Gina's more popular than I am. Maybe I just need to come to grips with that. <laughs> and this How is why, happen? this is why the Joe Rogan stands message me and not you. You've had <sighs> eight years to figure that out, Ray. No, are you kidding me? If we didn't have Gina on this show, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> I've said that. T- Jen, how many times have you heard me say that? I mean, we have Gina on the show and we're in trouble. I think it'd be both. <laughs> yeah, it'd be way worse. Oh, man. Anyway, that is whatever the F this is called. Science Court. Science Court, everybody. Did not know it exists. Could have lived my whole life not knowing it exists. But here it is. Science court. I uh, I am generally in favor of this. Same. Same. Of the three Squiggle Vision shows I know, this is the third. Well, it's the one not made for adults, Ray. So that would make yeah. sense, Ray. Uh, to be fair, based on what you feel about what I understand, shows made for small children should be more in my wheelhouse than things made for adults, right? Mm-hmm. So the Good. fact that I mean, it's losing me says it you, all but e- the understand. word educational is in there though and that is not in your wheelhouse Yeah, you put the word science in the name of your show and i'm 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 already in trouble don't much care for that science i love the idea of it don't need to learn it mm-hmm. that's what smart people are for mm-hmm. anyway we've done this episode we've got more gi joe coming up i believe the next two weeks uh, uh, look out for anybody who's in Los Angeles. There's a category four hurricane and none of us know what to do. Literally no know one here do. in Los Angeles knows what to do with that information. I know what to do. Nothing. Nothing. Is this going to come out before the hurricane hits? Uh, it's probably going to come out mid hurricane. If I have my life, <laughs> it's going to come well, out uh Monday. If I, if I, if you get it to me. Enjoy that lovely valley flooding, everybody. You can listen to this uh, show as you float down Lancashire. <laughs> right towards the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and wash out to sea in your Winnebago. That's what's going to happen here. So look out for that. Otherwise, you know, you can find us many different places online. Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You can find us on Twitter, I guess. I'm still posting on there sometimes at G.I. Joe podcast. Although we should really make a threads for this show. I think that's what the people really want. Threads, everybody. Uh, you also, know, you go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast and join there. If you want to support the show, because you use for whatever reason, like us. That's the thing. Yeah. Gina, I'm sorry. I cut you off. You had something to say. No. Chad, you got anything to add? Uh, Yes. 
Hello, dear listeners. Do you enjoy playing video games with your best friends? Then I have the pod for you. I'm Philip, host of the Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Each week, my co-host Nave and I break down a cooperative experience in gaming. And we are always looking for new co-op partners to join us. So come play with us on the Gaming Together podcast. So I'm standing over this toilet taking a piss and I'm playing my Pokemon and I dropped it in the toilet. I remember the Game Boy just tumbling in the water. And I remember screaming for my mom trying to get this Game Boy. Wait, how old are you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. Oh my god. Traumatized. I was like, no, my my Pokemon. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Come on down, co-op partners.